And we're back on the hunt with season seven, episode one, Meet the New Boss. I'm Chris Barrows. And my name is Dan Cummins. Welcome back to the best Supernatural podcast on the air. This is the show where Chris and I rewatch our favorite show, Supernatural. We break down the plot, topics, and themes of each episode and maybe even dig out details that you missed the first time around. This is the seventh premiere now, Chris, that we're covering here on uh, the show Supernatural. And I got to tell you, like season six, when we jumped into that one, I have to go back and actually listen to what I said. But it was probably something along the lines of, you know, season six, not going to be as good as season five. Right. And I think that uh, just that statement alone affected how I perceived the season as a whole. What I'm taking into season seven, though, Chris, is that while I don't have the strongest feelings about it going in, I'm not going to let it affect my judgment. I'm going in with an open mind. I'm hoping that there is a through line uh, thread of the plot that is a little bit stronger than what we've seen in season six. And I got to tell you, Chris, like what I remember about season seven is not necessarily the episodes. It is sort of that through line plot. So I'm, I'm going in hoping to uh, affirm that, that feeling I have. And I'm actually looking to see how the episode quality is. I think you and I, we agree. Season six, the issue was not episode quality. In fact, that was the opposite. They had a really great amount of uh, fantastic episodes. Season seven, though, will it have the opposite problem? We're going to have to see. It's fascinating to me. I, I went to Reddit and I was looking at some stuff and I think I sent this to you, but there was a, a thread more recently within the Supernatural Reddit and someone, and I apologize because I forget their Reddit username, broke down how many episodes were focused on plot versus focused on filler. And one of the things I'm just going to tell people going into the season, and again, we have not, I haven't confirmed all of this, but I'm going to trust the Reddit that this is fairly accurate here um, because it, it, from my memory and looking at it, it seems right. The final count of plot focused episodes was 11 with 12 filler episodes. And that's really interesting. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. So we're going to see how we feel. But I thought that was really fascinating because these first two episodes are very plot focused, extremely plot focused, actually. And then we get into a few fillers, which uh, I have seen a few of these already. I did watch three or four to start the year um, and, and get us going. And I've, you know, I've got some feelings about them, but I, I, I will say it was okay. It was a filler. Uh, so uh, with the ones that I have seen. So it's interesting, but I wanted to bring that up because I saw this and I said, wow, that's a lot of filler. And I wonder how that's going to impact this season. So I'm with you. I'm not going in with that expectation. I feel like I said way too much. This is better than I thought. This is better than I thought. Yeah. I don't want to think about it that way. I want to take a different look and I want to see just period. What do I think? And I think that's honestly the better way to look at it because here in this first one, meet the new boss, uh, which aired on September 23rd, 2011. IMDb rating, by the way, of nine out of 10. So a good start. And we got Philip back in the director's chair, which I, I, I generally enjoy, generally speaking. And I feel like as a director, he does some different things and, and has some fun with stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, never a bad thing. But we're dealing with the aftermath. Castiel believes he's the new god and he's obsessed with power. He's consumed all of these beings, these monsters from purgatory. And this is not actually what, what I find fascinating about this. Just right up front. His reign, quote unquote, as the new god 
not going to last long. I mean, he he really was not prepared for this, which I'm okay with, even if I wish it kind of went longer to some extent. But I'm okay with it because it's kind of been set up because they've kind of said you're not going to be able to handle this. Like you're going, this is going to make you explode. That was literally said to him. You might explode if you take all these in. He's not saying he's going to explode in this episode, but still, some things are going to happen in these ne- in these first two episodes, and we're going to meet the big bad or at least the the monster type pretty pretty quickly in this season. Yeah, Chris, the the season six finale um, that we just covered, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the man who knew too much. My my criticism of that episode was that doesn't feel like a finale to me. Right. And I think part of that, Chris, is that there were, you know, so many a plot threads going on that when the season came to a head, we had to focus on Castiel going rogue, which for the most part, Chris, wasn't at the top of the list of those four a plot threads. Right. I have a very similar criticism of this episode, which is that I think it's a good episode. It's a nine out of ten, as you just said, but it doesn't feel like a premiere to me. It feels it feels like a part two episode, Chris. It feels like part one came just before this and we are finishing this particular plot. If Doesn't this, it almost make sense that this could have been the finale? I mean, yeah, that that's kind of where I actually was with this is like, I know it's well received, but this almost is what could have been the finale. Take the the one our, our worst episode of season six and make this the finale to season six. And I almost think it would have worked. I, I and I'm sure someone will disagree with that, but it, I, I kind of agree with you in the sense that that last one didn't feel like a finale so much. This one feels like a wrap on Castiel. Yeah, it feels like they didn't have enough time in the season six finale, so they're finishing that episode in the season seven premiere, and that sucks because Supernatural has had such great premieres. Chris, I think about season four premiere, Lazarus Rising, right? fantastic episode that I think that was actually my favorite episode of season four this episode while again really really good there's some really great things I want to talk about in this episode as a premiere if I'm looking at it as the first episode of the season the one that's really going to make me as a fan say I'm excited about where the season is going in that light it was a little underwhelming for me and again the episode is fantastic Chris a lot of good things to talk about here but in terms of premieres it's not the worst rated premiere, Chris. I think that actually goes to season six. I believe season six has a uh, a score of somewhere in the eights, low eights. Although this is not the lowest rated premiere, Chris, it's my least favorite of the show so far. And it's because, again, we're not treating it as a premiere, as a new chapter. We're finishing what season six couldn't finish. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. it just feels like a part two to me. I don't want to well, bring the whole conversation down, but well, no, overall, let's, let's that's what it out. feels like. Yeah, let's break out this plot because I, I I'm I understand what you're saying and I don't disagree. I I do think it's a good episode though, and to yeah. that point, I think it's it is worthy of a nine. Um, we are dealing with Cass, uh, essentially leaving Sam leaves without healing Sam, so his mind's in complete tatters. We've established that, which I think is a, a good start for that Sam arc for this season. And Cass immediately goes up to heaven where he's kind of killing off all the angels who side with Raphael and he says, I'm your new God. And uh, again, it's, it's, it's a moment where Cass has reached peak assery. I mean, like mm. talk about being an, a jerk, like give me a break. Like 
he's reached the worst I think we ever see Castiel. And we're never going to see Castiel like this again from my memory. But when it comes down to it, I mean, just going up, killing off angels. I mean, and, and again, we're going to see over time that there's less and less angels throughout this show. Like new angels eventually have to be essentially created at a certain point, I believe, just because they've lost so many angels between their infighting and their own civil war. Yeah, Castiel's hubris, his ego in this episode, Chris, I absolutely loved. We've never seen Castiel smile as much as we've seen him in this episode. And if we're being specific, it's it's a very smug smile, right? The souls have definitely inflated his ego. And I, I again, Chris, I, this is one of those examples of a thread that I think they could have stretched and expanded and it would have made it that much richer. I absolutely hate that we only get this Castiel for one episode. It was fantastic. The scene um, where he goes into the church and he confronts the pastor who is going on and on about how we need to be better as people. And Castiel goes in there and declares himself as God. And, you know, really he exposes this guy in front of all of his, you know, his, uh, his people in the church. I absolutely loved that scene because it shows you just how off the rails Castiel is. But you also have to imagine, like, if that happened in in real life, like, how crazy that would be to see. Uh, and, and also, Chris, like, we see the news flashes in this episode, right? Castiel is taking out everybody. Klu Klux Klan. He's taking out New Age motivational speakers. He's taking out, you know, fake religious leaders. He's healing people out in the streets. Like, I, I just really love to see Castiel take on that role. And I really thought Misha had some fun in this one. Castiel, like you said, he's never going to be like this again. I thought it was a really fun twist. Just the way he talked, the way he started to look, the way his vessel started to decompose, I thought was so interesting. But unfortunately, the writers nicked it in less than 50 minutes. I mean, it really is a shame because I thought we could have stretched this, Chris, for at least two or three episodes. It would have been a really fun time. I agree. Not too long. You know, I don't think it should have outstayed its welcome, but two, two to three episodes of this would have been fantastic i mean we are we're gonna see crowley even visit by castiel who makes him this offer that he's gonna let crowley live if he goes to be king of hell again and takes the souls that castiel allows him he's essentially saying okay cool make a deal he's dealing with you know he, he's dealing with the devil quote unquote right um and quite literally um basically he says uh, essentially decide that they need to keep michael in lucifer's cage like so there's these real specific conversations about the cage the, we're, we've never forget about the, the, the cage completely like it feels like we did um you know i think when we initially started this we talked about well we never really talk about but i in that i'm going to say i definitely didn't realize how much we actually referenced back to this yeah and so i thought that was great to hear again we've we've had that callback previously to the winchester who's still stuck in the cage and, you know, when it comes down to it, to have that reference once again made to the cage, I, I do enjoy that because we're, we're still talking about it in season seven. It's not completely ignored. Yeah. And, and speaking of the cage, we return to who's in the cage, which is Lucifer. And, and this is something that started uh, in, in season six uh, in the finale. We see that Castiel tears down that wall that death put in Sam's head. And uh, it has some dire consequences. Sam is now going through what we can only call a supernatural fight club experience, Chris. Sam is off the walls, seeing things that 
aren't real and it's going to get worse as we progress through season seven. I just want to say I I really appreciate this storyline for Sam. It feels like a natural progression, Chris, from season five. Um, we dealt with Soulless Sam, right? Uh, that's how he got out of the cage, right? Uh, Death gets involved. He helps Dean out. Sam is kind of secluded from his memories of hell, right? The natural progression is for that wall to break one way or the other. Here we are. We now get to see the consequences of what it is for a human, a soul in particular, to be in the worst place possible, which is in a cage with the most powerful archangel in the world and the devil himself. I mean, to see Jared go through the motions of this storyline, Chris, I thought was actually really entertaining. I think Jared so far has done a great job uh, in this episode. And actually the next couple, I'll, I'll tease that a little bit. I have watched up to season three, uh, excuse me, episode three so far. Um, and I think it's it's a really interesting thing to explore. The hallucination of Sam is something that we've toyed with a little bit, Chris. We've seen the boys deal with hallucinations imposed on them by monsters, but not so much a psychological break, right? This is something that, to the extent of the seriousness of it, we haven't dealt with. Um, and it's really fun to see Mark Pellegrino again. I know there's a lot of people that are kind of put off by him, Chris. He has certain political uh, views, and I, I know he's a very colorful person uh, on, on Twitter, uh, on X. Um, but I just want to say it was good to see him again. And let's, yeah, let's let's bring him back in because he was one of the stronger villains of season five. Why not bring him back into the fold after missing him for an entire season? And I will note, we'll talk a lot more about him in the episodes to come. So I'm not going to focus too much here. But I will say, even when he's just sitting there in the background doing little yes. things, he does it so well. It's such a delight to have his character on screen. Uh, now, I will note in this one, we do see death because they're going to, summon Crowley into a devil's trap all to bring death to bind him, which I thought was so cool. Like they summon Crowley only to get death. And then death basically immediately says, I can't help you, Sam one, one wall. That's it. Right. And they're like, we're not about here about Sam. We need you to kill Castiel. At that point, Castiel just shows up. So the pacing of this episode to me was really strong. Mm -hmm. uh, as a, again, as an episode to me, it, it's just constantly next beat next beat next beat which is great yeah and death really you could tell kind of wants to you, you could tell like i don't wouldn't mind killing you but i'm not gonna do this at the whim at the, these people who are summoning me like i'm some kind of and you gotta imagine death's a little annoyed at this point with dean after the whole lesson he went through of like you can't just dictate things to me uh so death has to at some point be getting a little more irritated though he did put him on the search for what's up with purgatory. What is the power of souls? So it is kind of nice to bring death back into this. I think this is all the more reason why I wish this was the final episode of season six, because it would have been a nice wrap up on, on that storyline too. Uh, and again, the fact that Dean orders death to kill Castiel, then Cass goes, no, you're free. And it, it's such a, a great sequence of, of kind of actions that take place. It is. Yeah, it's good to see Julian Richings again. Uh, he's just phenomenal as death. It's it's one of my biggest issues with the show, Chris, that they let that guy go. He should have been death the entire series. We'll cover, you know, when that transition happens. But um, also another note, Chris, death is like he's the perfect person to introduce us to Leviathan. Right. It's the it's the perfect way to contextualize what the big bad of this season is. And, and of course, who would be the one to know of Leviathan? It's the, it's the person that's as old or older than God. 
right? And I love that he's the person that introduces us, the audience, to Leviathan and not just the boys. Of course, his little speech about how, you know, they're the oldest things in creation and that Castiel is not God. Instead, he is a mutated angel and he has swallowed the darkest, oldest things from purgatory, things older than souls. And eventually Castiel is going to break. His vessel cannot hold these things in. In fact, he is the only thing keeping these things from entering Sam and Dean's domain, I'll say, Chris, because ultimately it's going to be their problem. It, it was the perfect moment for Death to come back. And you're right. It's a it's a callback to season six because you're right. Death did tell Dean, I'm going to need you to keep poking around this whole soul business because some shit is going to hit the fan soon. Here we are, Chris. Shit has officially hit the fan. And I love that Death is brought back into the fold to finish that uh, that thought, that idea. Yeah, and, and he does say we've got to return these. We got to return. They've got to return to Kansas. That that kind of that kind of reference to that, right. that allegory of which we're going to later learn is a real place in this show. Um, but we'll get there one day. But that door to purgatory being open, going through this ritual and trying to get all of the monsters back. Uh, because at this point, even uh, at this point, I mean, it, it's it's the thing that has to happen. They have to get all of these uh, these monsters away. Cass is essentially, you know, power is going to be gone with this, but this is the necessary thing. They're saving their friend, um, but more importantly, they're saving the world, ideally, here. But what we find with all of this is that Cass has this great moment where he now snaps into a new role. So he's gone from this himself with power, kind of a dick, right? Um, and no pun intended, because we're soon going to meet another dick in this season, uh, quite literally. Uh, and that's because the Leviathans held on. And we see this complete shift in his personality. And suddenly we realize, oh, crap, something held on. And we don't have every little bit of detail here, but we know this is bad. And we know it's going to be, quote unquote, a lot of fun as he starts throwing people around the room. And man, it, it was such a great, it's a great moment. And again, I kind of go back to you on this and I say, I think you're right. This would have been a fantastic ending to the last season. That said, it is a great episode. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. And uh, so much happened, but it all was kind of well compacted and well paced. It didn't seem rushed. We weren't rushing plot lines. We were doing necessary items and every next kind of part of a story made sense to me. It all made the, the order was there. The the stuff that happened was cool to see. It was it really, I, I think overall strong episode. Yeah. Kudos to Philip Segrichia, the director on this one, Chris, he's been around the show for a long time. So of course you put your trust in people that understand the tone of the show uh, the characters, right? I also want to give a quick mention to the camera work in this one, Chris. Some some really phenomenal camera work. There's a shot of Dean fixing the Impala, and it starts upside down because Dean is upside down. He's trying to kick the ceiling in, and the camera does a full 180 to bring us back to you know the the actual shot of Dean then sitting in the chair. I thought that was just beautifully shot. A detail that most directors wouldn't bother to include. A couple others here, Chris. When Sam is starting to realize that his hallucinations are really taking control the camera shakes just slightly it's pointed up there's some really like shaky panning shots 
really makes you feel like you are Sam, like you're you're starting to lose your marbles a little bit. Uh, and same with Castiel, actually. When Castiel realizes that he's lost control, lost power, I mean, he's covered in blood. Uh, the color palette, it's all red. The camera, again, is very shaky, but it's almost like a, a point of view shot. Just those little tiny things make the episode that much better. It makes you really kind of feel like you're in the scene with the characters. There's one thing I want to point out, Chris, and this is a weakness of season seven as a whole. And I noticed it pretty early on in this episode. And I'll continue to mention it as I see it in other episodes. But the CGI in this season, Chris, it's remarkably bad. Um, we talk about Eric Kripke being very practical with the monsters in particular of season one through season three. Um, really strong, you know, a great use of lighting, really great use of uh, practical effects. We have seemed to move away from that entirely, starting with season seven. We saw some bad CGI in season six, but it wasn't, it was used pretty sparingly, I'd say, Chris. Season seven, though, from what I've seen, some really bad CGI, especially with the Leviathan. Uh, but in this episode, it was the dead angels, actually. When Castile goes up to heaven and there's a bunch of dead angels across the field, I just thought, man, that it just doesn't look that good. We didn't need that shot, you know? It's, it's going to get worse because the more you see the Leviathans, and I mean, I, I think that, their CGI is particularly weak because that's something I've noticed as we go on. Uh, yeah. By the way, the title of this episode comes from the Who's song, Won't Get Fooled Again. Great song. Misha, by the way, not a series regular this season. He is a special guest star, um, and he's out of commission for quite a bit this season. So, yeah, which I'm okay with. I'm, I'm okay with because with what just happened to him, he's rightfully, you know, not going to have that energy. Yeah. Uh, but. But yeah, that is uh, that is the first episode of season seven. We'll break down Leviathans a little bit more next episode because, yeah, they're free. But let's talk a little bit more about them when we talk about episode two, which is going to be Hello, Cruel World. And uh, we're going to talk about the Leviathans Lefiant, coming in. And basically, um, Castiel's body is going to be looking pretty lousy. So uh, this is going to get worse before it gets better. That is for sure. And uh, yeah, we're we're into a new season. And again, expectations are exactly that. None. We're going to go into this. We're going to watch this. Uh, I will note, because it's the first episode of a year um, of the season, I should say. I did find a really great comment just to give you the kind of vibe that the season does have for some people. This was from Phydron on Reddit. And this was on a thread where they go on to say, I would take 10 seasons of Leviathans if it meant no British men of letters. <laughs> and I probably agree with that statement even before watching more episodes. But I thought that's a great way to kind of describe an alternative take on Leviathans because I saw a lot of people said, I kind of didn't dislike this season. It, it, it was not the worst season. Uh, and so we're going to try to be positive about this as we go forward and a, a little less thinking about what we might have thought in the past and rewatch this with that kind of fresh perspective as we tried to do a season uh, six as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know about you, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great pull, Chris, a, a fun conversation to have. Uh, we're going to be posting on, on Reddit, on threads, on Twitter as we go throughout the season. So if you think that's a, a fun conversation, uh, look out for more from us. You can follow us back on the hunt pod, particularly on Reddit, Chris, we're, we're trying to revisit, every season with uh, a fresh take, a fresh uh, question, um, just something to talk about with other fans of the show. If you don't have any friends in real life that enjoy the show, like like I did before I met Chris, 
Reddit is a great place to share your love for the show. It's a really great community. And as Chris just read, if you have a fun comment, a fun question, we'll include it here on the show just to, you know, uh, further expand our uh, perspective on season seven. That's my goal here, Chris, is to expand my perspective. I don't want to harbor uh, too much on what I used to think. I want to sort of try to develop a new opinion of the show and your input matters wherever we get it. Twitter, threads, X, you can message us on the show. Um, we'd love to include all the fans, all of the opinions, as much as we could gather. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to next week, Chris. Next week we have Hello, Cruel World, episode two. Uh, it's an interesting one. We get some characters that we've already met, but of course our fan favorites. And I'm talking about Sheriff Jody Mills. Looking forward to that episode, uh, and yeah. Until next week, um, let's try to let's 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 try to bring a new sense of energy uh, to the show here, Chris. The new season, fresh ideas. I'm trying to be positive. I don't want to harbor too much on the Leviathan because I got to tell you, I agree with that take. Leviathans are bad. Men of Letters are way worse. I would have taken <laughs> I would have taken 15 seasons of Leviathan before Men of Letters. Ugh. But luckily, we're not there yet. No, we're not there yet. Well, uh, I will tell you where we are, and that is the end, uh, at least for this week. Uh, so that will be it for this week. But we will be back because, after all, we've got work to do.